Welcome to This Week in Sparkling Water. My name is Joachim Eriksson and I'm the host of This Week in Sparkling Water and I'm feeling very boring. I feel boring. I feel like a personification of the color gray, you know, with the gentlest brown tint in the color gray. Just off brown gray. Not beige, but like a beige that you almost do grayscale. That's what I feel like. And I also feel like maybe this is going to be the last episode where I feel like that because because I'm moving. On Tuesday, I'm moving. F- f- and and not, that, not that there's something uninteresting about this place and some, something interesting about that place. I'm moving from Grass Valley to Santa Barbara. I'm moving from Northern California to Southern California, okay? Not that there's something about the place, but I will have struggles. And something... Difficult things will smash into other difficult things. And I I just feel like there will be something there for me to talk about with myself. Whereas this is like a real sort of like, uh, there's a gray color to it all. And I, I don't know, when you show me an exit, there's my whole, I've talked about this, my whole psychological makeup is orbits the idea of leaving. I love leaving. If you tell me I'm allowed to leave, I'll leave. And once I know that I'm about to leave, I allow myself to realize how much I dislike something. Because there's this like, you know, when you buy a car, there's something called post-purchase um, post purchase consumer behavior in like social psychology and like business school, where once you've bought something, you have, you're now locked in to that's your thing. So now you are very fervently in your brain with yourself making up narratives about how great the thing is that you that you've bought and really you're trying to convince yourself of how great the thing is but it's like try talking to anyone who just made a large purchase and they'll be like they'll just start listing off their brain is stuck in this mode of listing off all the positives of it and it's like one of the most boring things to listen to ever Someone listing off the positives of the large purchase they just made. You know, the big airline ticket they just booked or the car that they bought or like the house that they bought. Them just listing off 11 good qualities of the house they just bought. Like pretty uninteresting stuff. You know what I'm saying? And then in business school, you you learn all these ways of like, it's a really good thing to tap into because for that period, after they buy a car from you for four months, if you buy a Honda for four months, you become like the biggest Honda Honda evangelist. So like Honda should just be peppering you with like, Honda Honda should really be elevating your voice in that moment. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So the same thing sort of goes for like moving to a place, right? You move to a place, you're locked in and in your brain, you're just like looking for all the positives of it because your brain is just trying to not eat itself alive. You're just trying to like, muddle through and just come up with enough positives to like stay alive and then as soon as so that's what i've been doing i've been living here and i've been trying to like just come up with positive narratives about where i'm at and then now that i'm allowed to leave i'm just like i just unball my fist i relax i put the luggage down i my shoulders slump down and i my head just droops and and i just say to myself None of that was true. All those positive things I said about this place, none of that was true. I hated it here. 
Like, there are things about this place that I liked. I love Maddie Davis, you know? One of my best friends. Happy to have met her. Hope to be friends with her for the rest of my life. Um, She turned into the Marissa Rodriguez of Grass Valley. You know, you roll out, you made one friend, and it's like someone in a serious relationship with a they, they, them, and it's like, would... That's my ride or die right there, you know? Would do anything. Would do anything for that gal. Um, and then, you know, there's other things. Holbrook. Holbrook was a very positive thing for me. A lot of things I saw in there and, and like, you know, London. Love, love that girl. Love that lady. You know? Incredible. But really, God damn it, man. The mountains, the mountains, the mountains are too tall. Yeah, I don't know. Somehow they're too tall and not tall enough. But so I'm moving and, um, yeah. And it's finally going to be a struggle and I'll have something to talk about because for some somehow things have been a little bit too easy. There, there's this thing, there's a weird pattern where I, um, like, I lived in Shanghai for four years and the most famous, iconic, associated with Shanghai tourist attraction is the oriental pearl tower which is like a tv tower i don't exactly know what that means let's google it okay i googled it kind of confusing and interesting answer because i googled it and what i know is that the most uh iconic thing in in um Shanghai is the Oriental Pearl Tower. And it looks the exact same as one in Yokohama or Tokyo or something. It's just like a tower with a, like a tall tower that's like 20 stories tall with a weird sphere in the middle, just like spheres on a spire. And it's a very weird look. It's not very good looking, but it's eye-catching and it's for some reason it's called a TV tower. And then there's the same looking thing in Japan. And then when I Google it, there's actually a German one that looks the exact same, and it's just south of Alexanderplatz in Berlin. And that one used to be a functioning broadcasting tower and a symbol of communist authority in East Germany. So I guess that's what it is. It's something that used to be a functional broadcasting tower, but it's also a symbol. So for some, and then for some reason, they copy the exact same look. It's very confusing. There's probably some PhD paper somewhere about like why is it a ball on a sve- on a on a stick? What's going on there? But anyway, what I was going to say is I lived in Shanghai for four years, and I just never went there. I never went to the main thing, the main thing that the, the main aesthetic tourist attraction thing. And then when I was leaving, like my last week, when I had like four days left, I'm like, fuck it, gotta go, and I went. And then I moved to Seattle much later. Same thing. Most iconic thing about Seattle is the, God damn it, it's not called the Pearl Tower. I always struggled with this. What's it called? God damn it. I lived in Seattle for so many years. What's that tower in Seattle called? Oh, Space Needle. It's called the Space Needle. For some reason, they're very hard for me to remember. Sometimes when I think about Shanghai, I'm like, yeah, the Oriental Space Needle. But it's like, nah, different. It's a disc on a stick. But, and it's like, what is that? Okay, it's an observation tower. It's not a TV tower. 
The point is, I lived in Seattle for like five years, never went there. And then on my in my last week, I was like, oh, God, cannot leave Seattle without... That's really the logic of it. I, I get this. I, I live in a place, and I'm perfectly content doing nothing. And then I get this like weird feeling of missed opportunity. It's almost like a FOMO-adjacent feeling. Um, yeah, the flavor is very FOMO, where it's like, I feel like maybe I'm missing something. And so like last 10 days of being there in Seattle, I'm like, oh, I cannot leave without hitting the Space Needle. So I fucking take an Uber down to the Space Needle and I pay the ticket and I go all the way up there and I buy a, you know, a $30 can of Coca-Cola at the top of this tower and I look out over the city that I'm like, that gave me very little, the city where I suffered. And I just did it on my way out. And then now I've lived three years here in Northern California and um, everyone I work with every day, I mean, not every day, but every week, multiple times a week sometimes, they all go snowboarding because we live right next to Tahoe and it's winter and there's like 10, I mean, I don't know, there's probably dozens of resorts actually, ski resorts. And I've never gone. I'm perfectly content just being at my house, doing nothing. And then it's now, it's Friday. I'm, you know, Sunday, I'm loading everything into a U-Haul. Monday, I'm cleaning my apartment. Tuesday, I'm waking up early and driving off into the sunset, okay? So it's kind of now or never, you know? This is the last 48 hours we're dealing with here. So today, I just like wake up and I go on the internet and I book a ticket and I drive over there and... It's an hour and 40 minute drive because when I'm doing something, <clears throat> I want to do it properly. So I didn't just go to Boreal and I didn't just go to Sugar Bowl, even though everyone is like, those are mighty fine resorts and they're only 45 minutes away or 50 minutes away. I was like, no, fuck it. I want the best one. What's the best one? And then Doug is like, it's, it's called Homewood. It's like there's a mountain right on the fucking shore of Tahoe where you're skiing or snowboarding down this slope straight into the lake is what it looks like. But you're on a tall-ass mountain, and when you look up from the slope, it's just lake. It's just like ocean-large mountain lake. It's just Lake Tahoe in front of you, and it's just like incredibly beautiful. And I'm like, fuck it. I need the best shit. I don't care that it's 400 bucks to go there. And so I do it. You know, I... I booked this, it's not 400, it was 300, I think, or 250 or something. I'm exaggerating a little bit. But so I drive an hour and 40 minutes, and um, everyone's like, you got to get snow pants. And I'm like, fuck it, guys. I, I'm doing this to tick off a box. I'm not doing it to enjoy it. I'm not doing, I'm doing it to avoid a sense of FOMO. I'm not doing it to enjoy it, and I'm not going to do it for very long. And I'm only going to do it one time. So why would I spend, you know, $90 on snow pants when I'm moving to Southern California? And I'm like, I have so much stuff to pack into the U-Haul. I don't want more stuff. So everyone's like, you have to get fucking snow pants. And I'm like, guys, I'm not getting fucking snow pants, okay? I'm just going to wear a tight pair of sweatpants under a loose pair of sweatpants. <laughs> so that's what I do. And I put on my boots and I put on a warm sweater and I put on my coat and I got some good gloves and I got a beanie and I'm going. 
And I drive for an hour and 40 minutes and I listen to an episode of Ezra Klein and it's all good and I'm driving through the mountains. And honestly, it's a wonderful drive. It used to be a terrible drive, uh, just driving Nevada City to Truckee, basically, going, it's an hour. It used to be this terrible drive where you're driving through the mountains and it's like this really narrow road. It, here's a funny thing. Like, I, I was on the dating apps for quite a while there and I had a really hard time matching with anyone in this area. And this one time I matched with this girl in Reno. God, can I remember her name? Turns out I can't. Um, so I drive out to Reno and we go on a first date. And it's like an hour and 40 minutes driving to see her. And I've, I've like almost never been to Reno. I've just driven through it one time or something. Or like I, I was there one day or something with Maddie and just like went to a museum. So I'm like, I'll, I'll check out Reno. It's a city. I want to go to a city. So I don't mind the drive. So I drive out there and we go on a first date. And it was so like nice and we have like dinner and it's a nice dinner and she's a vegan and she's like a mineralogist for an oil company and she's like trying to find a different company to be a mineralogist at and she's like really pretty and really smart and it's like a good first date and then we like make out a little bit and then we go to a cookie shop a late night cookie shop and we get like warm cookies and we're hanging out and we make out a little bit more and then I like drive home and then the thing is that like it was so hard to get back there because they shut all the highways down to maintain them, to fucking renovate the highway. Highway, And I, it was really just not, you know, I, I regret say, starting this off by saying that it was, um, that this was interesting. It's really not interesting, but it's just one of these things where like, if I had matched with her now, it would have been like, it's such a smooth, beautiful drive. But instead I matched with her when they were working on the highway for like a year. And so we kept texting and being like, they, they shut down, there was like a snowstorm and I couldn't go and I couldn't go. And then the highway sucked and I kept checking the road conditions and stuff. And and every and every time I would like put it in the maps app, it just said like two, and a, two hours and 40 minutes. And I just couldn't do it. And I we never had a second date. And I just texted her and was like, it's seeming a little bit like the the highway connecting our two towns is making it impossible for us to be dating. And she's like, LOL, I think so, yeah. And then we never had a second date. And then now it's a beautiful drive. So yeah, Joachim's going to die alone. And it's all because of Caltrans? It's all because of Biden's infrastructure deal? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so I went snowboarding today and it, it was fucking stellar. It was awesome. But oh yeah, what I was gonna say is everyone told me I need snow pants, and then I go and I tell everyone no, and then I go go in there. And I'm like, finally I made it over there and I rented all this equipment and I get my boots on. And the, the fella renting my boots, the fella giving me the boots, he's putting them on and he's like, So you can't wear these pants, is what he told me. And it's like, bro, you're a shoe rental man. Don't talk about my pants everyone's been telling me not to wear these pants. Like, you think I haven't heard this? God, that made me so angry. And he's like, point, he's like explaining, drawing a map for me where there's stores where I could buy snow pants. And I'm like, okay, dude. Dude, you think, oh God. And I have to play along with the charade of being like, oh yeah, so you drive there? Oh yeah, you drive there and you do a right? Okay. And then, so this is that way. So I'm going that way, right? 
And then he's like, yeah, you're going to go that way. You're going to get in your car. You're going to drive down there. You're going to turn right. You can buy them for not too much. It's not crazy or nothing. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive down there and I'm going to turn right. And then he's like, yeah. And then I proceed to just walk the complete opposite way of what we were saying. Because <laughs> I'm like, fuck this, dude. I'm going to wear my tight sweatpants <coughs> under a pair of loose sweatpants. And it's going to be fine. I have a system. I don't fall down. I'm good at snowboarding. I'm not sitting. I'm not here. I didn't drive all the way over here to sit. I'm going to snowboard down. And it for the moments when I need to sit down to just put the straps on, I'm going to take my gloves off and just sit on my gloves. And then if I need to just take a break and, and rest for a second, I, I fall forward and I rest on my knees and my knees get a little bit wet. And no one gives a shit if your knees get wet. There's just something about the different textures where like, you know, the knees are just, we don't mind wet knees because it's like, it's just bone with skin on it for some reason. We don't mind that. And then the butt is like these two bags of, of fat and muscle and we really mind having a cold, wet butt but we don't mind having cold, wet knees. You know what I'm saying? So I just do three hours of snowboarding. I shoot some cool videos just so I can fucking show my mom that I went snowboarding and that I'm not one of these people that don't do anything. How do we decide? Sometimes, you know, last episode I was talking about how I'm like really happy feeling like I'm older and I'm really like, I'm turning 38 this year. I'm so much calmer. I'm doing this really stressful thing right now, but I'm not really stressed out by it. It's like this whole big career upgrade and relocation, and I'm doing a lot of shit at the same time, and it's all kind of very stressful, but I'm just going with it. I'm older now, and I have all this, I've just landed in myself, and I'm a little bit grounded, and I'm not that anxious about it. But sometimes I feel the opposite of that. Sometimes I feel like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm 38 and I still have no idea what's going on because how do we decide if we are people who do stuff or people who don't? Because honestly, I know people who don't do stuff. They get out of bed and they go to work and they then come home and they sit at the house. And then when they have two days off, they watch TV and they do nothing. And then every once in a while, and I mean like every 18 months or something, you can get them you can like go and force them to do something and come to a party one time or like leave the house or just do an activity outside of the house once every year and a half. We all know people like that, people who do nothing. And then I know people who do everything. People where every single weekend, it's like, yeah, going on a hike, spending two nights in the forest, going to this lake, going to this lake. Yeah, I just signed up for a climbing gym, you know? bought three pairs of climbing sh gym shoes. You know, I'm a climber now. Uh, yeah, bought this expensive bicycle, going, going dirt biking. Yep, this thing, you know, have to build a new garage for all my fucking hobbies, doing all this shit every single weekend, just like snowboarding, 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 snowboarding. And it's like, how do I decide which of those two people I am? Because I'm 38 years old and I have no idea which of those two forms of living life would make me happier. I have zero idea. Doing everything or doing nothing. Because honestly, I think I want to do nothing. It's the thing. But doing nothing makes me feel guilty. <clears throat> FOMO. So then I do stuff out of FOMO, which really feels like the worst possible outcome. Because you're not doing it because you enjoy it. I'm just doing everything out of a sense of duty. 
I think ultimately this is the most Chinese thing about me. I just live life. I, I remember talking to Xuan about this like many times when we were friends 15 years ago, just like what is the most deepest, like what's the deepest, most um, specific thing about East Asian culture versus Western culture? Because she's like, you know, a 30-year-old Taiwanese woman who was born in Taiwan and she's very Taiwanese and she has very traditional parents, but she lived in Europe for a few years and then she lived in China for a few years and then she lived in America for five years and now she's been living in Mexico for four years. So she's just this person that like has a little bit of perspective on it and remember her being like, yeah, it's like the shame-driven thing. Like Asians, East Asian culture, you just, it's very shame-driven. You wake up we were trying to like, why do we, like what happens when we wake up and we get out of bed? Like, why do we get out of bed? What of the many reasons for getting out of bed is it that makes us get out of bed? And she was like, ultimately it's shame. I work hard because of shame. It's like related to parents and it's related to like very abstract, like deep things, but ultimately, ultimately it's shame. And it's like, for me, I think it's FOMO. It's just like, I just feel like where I'm at is the wrong place. And like, I don't feel interested in going over there, but I'm gonna, because what if there's something over there? And then I go and I'm like, well, at least I could say that I went. And then I go home, which is why I'm like, I'm snowboarding today and really in my head or subconsciously, I never formed this question in my head, but I think the whole plan of how it played out, really it's me acting out the question of what's the shortest amount of time? What's the least amount of time I can snowboard? I live in California for three years. What's the least amount of time I can snowboard and still be like, yeah, I'm one of those people that do stuff. And like, I have hobbies. And yeah, I lived in Northern California and like I snowboarded. Like, yeah, I like drove to Tahoe and snowboarded sometimes. What's the least amount of minutes I can snowboard and and convincingly pretend like I'm a person who does stuff? And it turns out the answer is something in the, something in the like two hours and 15 minutes range. Like I got there, I woke up at like 10 a.m., rolled out of bed, 10.45, drove at 11. I think I got there at like one, after one, after one, and then I left at three. Yeah, okay, so less than two hours. <laughs> I did less than two hours of snowboarding. That's so funny. <laughs> Paid 300 bucks, lived there for three years. Drove for an hour and 40 minutes there and an hour and 40 minutes back. You know what I do like? Afterwards, go on Yelp, restaurants. What's a good restaurant? Oh, taco place? It was all right. You know what I like even more? Starbucks. Driving home, hit the Starbucks, get myself a little Starbucks. Oh my God, that first sip feeling. Oh my God, are you kidding me right now? Way better than snowboarding. Driving, picking my own music, getting some Starbucks. That's why I look forward to Tuesday when I get to move to Southern California because it involves a eight and a half hour drive where it's just like, how many times can I hit Starbucks? How many albums can I listen to? I get to pick the music. You know, the world flying by. I get to pick the music. We're driving. God, I love it. And it's like, yeah, I got a trailer. Got to drive slow. I don't mind. I'm going to hit the 101. You know, I'm going to drive along the coast. I look forward to it like a motherfucker. New beginnings. Don't look forward to arriving or all the shit I have to do before leaving. 
Look forward to the drive, though. Should I just be a, wait, should I just be a long-distance truck driver? I get it. I get it. I don't not get it. Okay, let's drink the water. <clears throat> so back in the day, we reviewed all the different flavors of Ourobora. Um Herbal sparkling water, Ourobora. The marketing is very fun. The design of the can is very interesting and weird. And then they actually, I remember when I launched the podcast, I sent out so many requests for samples to every single sparkling water company. And it was like a new podcast, so no one could tell that it was a scam or that I don't have listeners or that it's actually about sobriety and not sparkling water. And so tons of them sent me free samples and I got all the different flavors of Ourobora. And then now it's been years, man. This podcast is three years old now or something, probably. Oh, yeah, at least. Podcast more than that. Four years? Um, now they have a new flavor. Ginger Meyer lemon. What's the difference of a Meyer lemon and a regular lemon? I have a Meyer lemon olive oil. Meyer lemon olive oil that Maddie gave me that I've been using. I don't know. Sometimes, some, once I gave someone a massage with some Meyer lemon olive oil. Uh, sorry, uh, Meyer lemon flavor. Meyer lemons are sweet and floral instead of acidic like a standard lemon. Okay, let's smell it. Ooh, smells like good lemon. That smells like some good lemon right there. The thin rind is edible and holds the citrus and bergamot tang with none of the bitterness of a traditional lemon rind. That can't be true, man. That's such an exaggeration. I'm sure if you eat a Meyer lemon, it mostly tastes like normal lemon. And then a little bit, it tastes... Yeah, okay, let's, let's taste it. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. That is very good. That tastes a lot like Romlösa, the most iconic, iconic Swedish sparkling water brand, their lemon flavor. They, they, when I was growing up, Romlösa, it always came in a glass bottle. They had plain or lemon or lime that's it no funny business and this and that they were like stellar you know and then now they have a thousand different flavors because it's like a high powered capitalist society and late stage capitalism and society is falling apart and you just have to come up with more flavors of everything to like offset how our political systems are being torn apart by like populist right-wing extremists and all that stuff so now there's a lot now it's pomegranate all of a sudden but it used to just be lemon and lime you know, pre-Trump, pre-Erdogan, uh, you know, pre-Macron. Um, yeah, that's fucking good, dude. That's a 10 out of 10. I love that. That's a delicious lemon flavor. Meyer lemon sounds like a scam, but that's convincing me that it's not. That's a 10 out of 10. Okay, so um, yeah, last episode in... In Northern California, whatever, at some point, just do another episode, blah, 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 talk about some, the beach, I'll probably go to the beach, you feel me? Whatever. Who cares? I'm not going to tell you about me going to beach, I'm going to tell you about me struggling with shit, because that's what you come here for. You come here to hear about what the problem is this week, you know? You want to know what the problem is, and I'll tell you. Um, <clears throat> I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah, you know, that's it's boring guy. The boring Joe Kim signing off. <laughs> <laughs>